Uh, I think it's six o'clock. And I think the only one we were waiting on would be Billy. So why don't we get started um, before I call the meeting to order, a little bit of housekeeping, although somewhat abbreviated. Uh, number one, the proceedings this evening were published in the legal section of the newspaper. Not only that, but they were also published on the Route County website and as an extra added fringe benefit on Facebook. Um, I'm sure everyone is aware of the moot function and the value of using that unless one is speaking. And then the other issue that we sometimes run into is the raising hands feature. Um, some of us have issues trying to get that little hand signal out there. If it's not working for you, simply wave at us between Sarah and there you go, Troy, whomever, we'll figure it out. Peter, uh, if you're not gonna doing video, we won't be able to see you. So I just feel free to interrupt. Um, with that thought and those announcements over with, I'd like to call to order the February 18th, 2021 meeting of the Route County Planning Commission. Um, Sarah, if you'd be so kind as to call the roll. Sure. Um, okay, Steve Warnke. Yes. Brian Kelly. Present. Andrew Benjamin. Here. Troy Berkshire. Here. Roberta Marshall. She's there, right? Yep, she's there. Okay. I don't see her. She might have checked out because I'm not seeing her right now. She'll be back. She'll be back, yep. Uh, Bill Norris. Here. Greg Yeager. Here. Peter Flint. Here. Billy Mitzelfeld. And Linda Miller. Here. Perfect. Let the record reflect. We have a quorum. Let the record also reflect. Ben Beal and Peter Padden are um, joining us as guests. First order of business is public comment. Anyone who wishes to address the commissioners on any topic that is not on the agenda this evening, now would be the time to do so. Here's Billy. Here's Billy. Hearing none, we'll move on to, I'll close the public comment section, move on to the approval of the minutes of January 21st, 2021. Any corrections, deletions, additions to the minutes as presented? Hearing none, Chair will entertain a motion to approve the minutes of January 21. Thank you, Bill. Move to approve. Second. Who did this? Was that you, Andy? It was Brian. It's Brian. Brian. Sorry, Brian. It's all right. We have a motion and a second. All those in favor of the motion to approve the minutes of January 21, please indicate to say yes. 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 Opposed, say no. Yes. Motion carries. Yes. On to the next agenda item, items for discussion work session on the master plan update process. Christy, I believe you are going to lead us down this path. I am. Um, so thank you for everybody joining us tonight. This is the second of two work sessions on the update process of the master plan. 
Um, the last time we all met, uh, Planning Commission asked and requested um, some information from staff. And that was our opinion and our takeaway from the outreach that happened and occurred during phase one and phase two of the process of the update process. That all occurred early last year. Um, that included 14 community meetings and a community-wide survey where we were able to obtain over 922 surveys um, to divulge through and, um, and take all of that content and information as a baseline for moving forward in the plan. The purpose was to really see and determine how big of an update we were looking at um, to confirm what we um, were already thinking going into this um, and whether the current master plan does reflect and continues to reflect the community vision. Um, so with that, I um, provided planning commission a, a written summary. I pulled that out to just make it more concise for our discussion here today. And the goal is to really confirm what the scope of this plan will be so we can include that in an RFP of the overall scope of services so we can bring on um, and go through the RFP process to bring on a consultant to help with technical assistance with the plan update process. So I'm just gonna share my screen here. One second, apparently. Um, do you see the county master plan on your, on your, yes? yes. Okay, thank yes. you. Yes, yes. You still see it? Yes. And is it um, just, cause I have, I'm working on three different screens here. I'm just wanna make <laughs> sure, is it um, large or do you see like slides on the next page for you? Large. Okay, thank you. I just see the first page that just says master uh, county master plan update. Okay. First page. Perfect. Okay, go. so um, tonight's overview is to briefly go over because this is something else we touched on is just the was more of a training of the actual master plan and to talk about the philosophy and the goals policies, action items, understanding the intent of what those actually mean, along with staff's outreach summary, and is the land management tool that's currently in place effective in achieving the goal of the master plan? Um, we're gonna pull out some policy questions that staff provided to you that we feel are the questions that need to be focused on moving forward along with action items and a list of technical issues the plan should address um, and expectations of a consultant. So <clears throat> within the plan, there are the philosophy and then there's the goal of the plan. The, and that is the core values that support the goal of the plan. So that's the, the uh, I'm sorry, the philosophies that you find in chapter one of the master plan. And the goal is to ensure rural character while accommodating appropriate development. 
So you see that theme throughout the entire document. Um, and with that, the tools that are in place are the policies, which provide the guidance for development and growth. And in our, our plan, as you are very familiar, that is directing growth and development to the growth centers identified in the plan, which are, are include our incorporated areas of Steamboat Springs, Hayden, Oak Creek, Yampa, and then we have a potential growth uh, area of Stagecoach, along with some areas that are identified to be important throughout uh, the county. And that is the Upper Elk Community Plan and the Sarvis Creek Plan, as well as the West Steamboat Plan. So the existing policies support the overall goal to preserve the rural character of Route County. The action items in the plan provide the long-term objectives for implementation of that plan. And chapter three, development 3.4a, this, this policy right here as an action item is what makes the plan binding. So although the master plan is um, advisory in nature, it's supposed to provide broad recommendations, but they become binding because we, we then are continuing to update our subdivision and zoning regulations that in effect, make it binding. And as you know, we go through numerous housekeeping, you know, since this housekeeping of the regulations to make sure that they align with the master plan. Um, so that is something that we're gonna wanna take a look at after um, the master plan is finally adopted. <clears throat> so staff's outreach summary. The results of the preliminary outreach, which included the 14 meetings and the 922 surveys, that indicated that a full rewrite of the existing master plan is unwarranted. Some of the key features that we identified is, and we've been talking about is, the plan at a minimum needs to be modernized, that the current mapping and demographics need to be um, updated and or included in the plan. And then we need to address some new issues that you know, seem to be some reoccurring themes um, that were not included in the original um, in the original master plan. Some of those things are like climate action uh, was not discussed in the original plan. Um, historic preservation really isn't um, uh, discussed as well. So further in-depth engagement is necessary where a consultant will help facilitate these conversations. Um, continuing on the summary, the concept that drives the policies of the current plan remains an effective land management tool and preserving the Western rural character of Route County. The survey clearly demonstrated concerns with lack of affordable housing, attainable and workforce housing in the area, as well as connectivity and better transportation alternatives, concern for the environment, pressures on our natural and cultural resources from increased tourism and population, and as I mentioned, impacts to climate change. Uh, the Planning Commission Previously, um, when this endeavor first started, um, you all identified connectivity um, between the growth centers and wildlife protection as, as your priorities. So I thought that this, would, this slide would be pretty helpful. And the question is, is the land management tool effective in achieving the original goal, which is to preserve um, the rural character of Route County? So the pros to that and, and the, the tool, the, 
uh, growth management tool that we are referring to is directing growth to our growth centers, right? So the pros are that that promotes preservation of open lands, it limits sprawl, it supports strategic initiatives of the county commissioners, that's their number one um, strategic initiative for the county is to preserve the rural character. Um, protects wildlife, it concentrates development near goods and services covered by an area plan and it encourages LPSs. Um, I could probably go on with this list and frankly just didn't have room, but there, there are obviously um, clear pros to this land management tool we do currently have in place. However, we do need to consider the cons and it does contribute to rural sprawl of the 35 acre developments, which as we know, threaten viable agricultural lands, open spaces and wildlife. That's through Senate Bill 35, which, you know, um, is there are numerous policies in the plan that really discourage that. But I think this is where, you know, bringing on a consultant will be really helpful so we can really dive in and see, you know, what tools and what are the policies we can really think about um, to whether or not we wanna discourage 35 acre development. Um, we also bring up 35 acre development because we do know that, that we are seeing the most growth in unincorporated Route County by through 35 acre um, subdivisions, uh, which we don't have much control over, as well as um, we're seeing a lot of growth in the potential growth area of Stagecoach and up north in Steamboat Lake through consolidations. Um, so we are, those are the two places we're seeing the most growth. Um, also a con would be the lack of affordable attainable housing um, in the area, as well as the creation of bedroom communities that impact our transportation systems. So pulling that out, we, you know, through whether or not this goal has been effective, we do wanna prioritize and further discuss before we can confirm that whether the impacts of this type of development should be evaluated. And, and these are the things that we pulled out from the survey, specific transportation focused policies and goals, as well as lack of affordable, attainable workforce housing in the area. We wanna focus on 35 acre development. And like I said, see if there are tools and um, policies that we can, um, we can really dive into and evaluate as well as the big one development in West Steamboat to help address several issues. Um, as you know, um, and, and for those of you um, that are joining us tonight, um, the county commissioners and the city council have had um, two joint meetings now in this past year where um, they, there is agreement and there is um, an appetite for a joint effort to update the area plan of Steamboat Springs. Um, so that is something that is on the table right now um, that actually APC and the APCC, the Area Plan uh, Coordinating Committee is working together to try to um, look at ways and come up with a plan, a timeline that mirrors or supports the master plan update first and then prioritize the area plan later as the master plan would be the driver to some of those policies that we wanna look at in, that, um, in those other plans. The other item to note is there is also an appetite to combine those two plans. 
um, and rather have two separate plans, which is very confusing. And the, um, the areas that overlap are, are very similar. Um, so there is discussion of whether or not we should just consolidate those two plans and just have it be um, the area plan for Steamboat Springs. Uh, but again, that would be further down the road, but a lot of these policies and some of these issues we are discussing could potentially be resolved um, with an update to that plan, or at least to address some of those. So the conclusion is that we also acknowledge that, and we've discussed planning commission and staff now that, you know, the availability of water and identifying areas that are over-appropriated as well as existing conservation easements and LPS um, developments and identifying public lands and areas that are mapped for critical wildlife habitat or hazards all serve to direct where development occurs. We know this and we feel that that will further support that this land management tool is effective. Now with that caveat, we do need to address some of those issues that we did just prioritize. Um, but that would be the next step. So staff is working on an overlay map that will illustrate these constraints and narrow the focus of the conservation to the areas of Route County that are available for development. And I think, you know, just based on the preliminary work that we have done, I think that that would um, really be telling on, on why the original growth management tool and directing growth to growth, and growth centers was identified in the first place um, for the obvious reasons, but then also um, some of these other constraints. So um, these next slides are, are um, admittedly a little busy trying to get information in here, but staff did pull out some policy questions that we feel are gonna be important moving forward based on all of this information and the outreach. So what goals and objectives and action plans can be developed to improve the connectivity between the outlying areas and Steamboat Springs? How could transportation in Route County be improved? Now the master plan does um, have several existing policies. However, um, it does lack some um, uh, some newer type policies that we should be thinking about, um, encouraging bike and pedestrian connectivity, um, encouraging ve vehicle sharing, and then also encouraging development of electrical vehicle charging stations. Um, Roberta, thank you for those, um, the, the information that you had sent me earlier um, on your thoughts. And, and it was good because some of these policies in red here or um, proposed policies, I should say, are ones that have come out of the climate action plan as well. Um, and that's how we can um, consider some of these newer policies and improving some of our transportation options as we move through the update process. Looking at the existing policies here, and, and this isn't all of them, but these are you know, some of the highlights I would say. We do address um, transportation, but is this enough? And obviously the big one is, um, you know, continuing to direct growth to growth centers, we know pressures our transportation system. So we want to look at um, policies that are going to um, support that moving forward. 
Um, I will stop here really quick just to see if anybody had any um, thoughts on transportation policies or um, if not, I can continue going and we can um, come back to this later. How would you like to proceed, Steve? Actually, I was gonna ask you that question. How would you like us? <laughs> I mean, are, do you object to questions as they surface? Um, at, this, as, at this point, no, I see Greg raising his hand. Okay. Just wanted to know if I know the city is doing a transportation master plan, are you thinking of doing anything like the city is doing uh, with like engineering and uh, having talks with anybody else for consultants? Yes, so um, that, that's a great question. Um, and it will um, be a segue into a, one of the next slides, which we have spoken about. There are numerous plans that have recently been adopted or are in the works to be adopted. And so as we go through the rest of this presentation, I will um, address some of those other plans, one being a transportation plan. So that is on the table and it's it as of right now, it's going to be a joint effort with the county and the city is my understanding along with some stakeholders. So the idea would be that we would want absolutely those stakeholders uh, to be part of this process to really help dive into you know these these um, these issues that we know um, are at the forefront of everybody's minds um, just through you know just talking to your neighbors you know and people talking about the traffic um, and the connectivity challenges that we currently are facing. So um, the, sh the long answer to your question is yes, that is on the radar. And the intent would be that we would want to um, utilize that resource um, to really help on a more in-depth conversation as we move into the process um, starting this summer when we bring on a consultant. And then they could also help us figure out how to incorporate some of these plans that have already been adopted into the master plan where appropriate. Um, somebody else has their ring. I have a question. It was Go me. Ahead. Um, I suppose it's just me, but 11.3J trail systems can be a major community transportation asset. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. New development should include provisions to create and link trail system, agreed. However, isn't that almost more of a growth center issue as opposed to a county issue? Um, not, Help me with that. Yeah, so I guess a good example would be Young's Peak Preserve, right? So that was just approved by you all um, over the past couple of years it took to come through. Um, and that was a development in Stagecoach, which is a potential growth center. Um, we still reviewed that application because it's in unincorporated route county, but it's not in a municipality. Um, so part of that, we did look at that policy right there and they did have to include and, and proposed a trail system that connected to the existing one in Stagecoach. Um, so that is something that I think is relevant, um, but to your point, um, typically you would see trail systems within municipalities as well, um, but you can have them out in unincorporated route county. 
I guess I was reading it literally, <clears throat> trail system that links Steamboat to Aiden. Oh, oh, oh. Like That's where I was coming from. Right, right. Hey, there, there, have, been, there have been numerous talks about, um, or in, actually in the stagecoach plan, there is an action item that is to link stagecoach to Oak Creek by a trail system. Um, the feasibility of that is a whole nother question, but it right, is an right. action item actually in the plan. So, um, you know, there's also been talks about what's going to happen with the railway system. Um, the existing network of rails that goes, you know, through South route all the way through steamboat into Hayden. And, right. you know, so there's been, you know, discussions about trying to, um, really reinvent that from being a traditional railway to a trailway or there's been some other you know high hopes for you know even like yeah. a commuter rail so yeah, that's happened uh, yeah okay that's good i'm done thank you um i cannot see who's raising their hand on my screen um, at the moment so um i i had ahead. raised my hand this is linda and hi linda it it, it I think following along with what Steve said, one of the things that since the master plan is um, somewhat goal oriented as opposed to an enforcement document and that the regulations then become the enforcement, um, I just wonder if there are not times when, and this would be one of them, we should be a little more specific. I see people um, potentially reading this and thinking, oh, they're, you know, how ridiculous. They're proposing that there would be a trail between Steamboat and Oak Creek or between Steamboat and Hayden. And I wonder whether it be this area or any of the areas we're starting to look at, there are going to be one of the goals I see for the master plan it, in terms of bringing it, you know, um, out of the past and into the future is to be a little more specific and to say things like trail systems within the growth areas. We don't have to say the incorporated areas, but the growth areas, and then to talk about transit-oriented development throughout the county, which would be looking more at the idea of making sure we have better transit between Oak Creek, Steamboat, Hayden, Steamboat, that type of thing. Right. I get concerned that um, if we sound too uh, aspirational or, uh, or too, uh, you know, if we sound like we, you know, we want this utopian place where everybody can ride their bike all over the county to get to work, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to feel that the plan does not reflect the, the needs. And so one thing, and I think transportation is probably as much as any place where we should make it really clear when we're saying growth centers need this and the county as a whole to move people around need transit. Uh, and it's just a thought in terms of the overall approach to the new master plan. Right, right. Um, that is an excellent comment. Um, and, and also lessons learned, I will state. I, I have mentioned to you before, um, 
my role on APCC um, and specifically for the past two years, the brain damage of going through all of the, whatever it was at this point, 150 action items um, and really providing a status update and, and realizing, I mean, that there were, some of them are duplicative, some of them are just not even attainable. Um, and, and you really wanna be careful when you are creating some of these action items that they are, you know, and they, that they are specific. And that's really interesting too, because I had a recent conversation with Jason Peasley from the Housing Authority. And, you know, that was one of his suggestions to me is that, you know, when we're looking at affordable housing policies and, you know, throughout the plan or housing policies, um, in the master plan, you know, they're, they're not very clear um, apart from the obvious ones, but there's some that are just very broad that you can interpret differently. And, um, you know, that, that, that's just one example. And that was just a very recent example. But, um, but I think, you know, when we, you know, bring on a consultant also, I mean, you're all gonna be a large part of, of, of this process. And, and that is something, you know, um, when you look at more recent community plans or master plans, if you are ever just, you know, doing a Google search and, and looking like the more modern plans um, are more specific, there are some really bad plans out there as well. Um, but, you know, point noted for sure. And I really appreciate that comment. This is Brian, I've had my hand up, but, you know, I know how it goes. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. Um, just a couple of quick comments. Uh, you know, once again, as you look through the master plan, you see the major mission statement being to keep rural Route County rural. And then you see another major mission statement to try to keep growth near the growth centers. And yet you see the referrals while the document was written in 2003 and referrals to the 1999 West Steamboat Area Plan to try to get affordable housing. You know, this is the housing, page 39, chapter 12, or whatever it is in the, the master document. But we, so we have a conflict there for some reason. And I mentioned this at the last deal we had on the uh, work session on the master plan, that to meet the major goals somehow growth needs to occur in West Steamboat, or we're gonna to continue to see what Christy is referring to, all these building permits out in rural Route County, away from the growth centers, which is in a direct conflict to the master plan. That's my, that's it. I appreciate that. Steve, your hand is still up. I don't know if that was from before. I'm gonna lower his hand. Let me just lower everybody's hands. Um, okay. Um, so. Christy. Yes. Um, we don't have to talk about this now, but I just want to keep it on the, uh, on our action items and adopting this master plan. Yep. At some point, I think there should be a conversation about the use of county roads as uh, bike bike trails 
Meaning, um, can you just be a little more specific, meaning um, the conflict with our county roads with bikers on them or? Yeah, I, I guess what I'm referring to is the intensity is grown a lot. Got it. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm not saying what's right or wrong. I just think that I would like to have it on the list. It needs to be evaluated. Yeah, on the list of things to consider. Um, okay. Because I think there are inherent conflicts. And now we're starting to see these um, races, I guess. There's something about a gravel road race or something. And, and I don't know where that, what that yeah. means or where it goes. But mm -hmm. as an overarching, overriding document, I would like to at least have a conversation about that types and and proliferation of use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that ties into a transportation um, conversation for sure, as well as um, our recreation conversations. We we know we're going to have you know, and the pressures that we are feeling from increased growth and recreation and tourism in, in the county. So that is definitely something that I, I don't doubt, nobody doesn't agree that, um, you know, that, that is a challenge and a pressure we're all feeling and that is on the list, um, but not that specific issue, Troy. Um, so I appreciate you adding that to the list. Hey, Christine, moving along. Um, so again, this is another busy slide, just trying to get some policies in here, but the other, the policy question is, oops, sorry. The policy question is, do current policies limit the availability of affordable housing? Since we know that this is a reoccurring topic, so what is the role of the master plan in addressing the need for workforce housing? And, and this comes up a lot. And my answer to you is that it is a county issue that the master plan does support through the area plans. So that's my short answer. Um, however, you know, it can go a step further, obviously, and we know that there's a lot of work to do in the West of Steamboat. And that could be the answer to a lot of our, um, not, not all of the concerns and issues, but it's definitely a place to address transportation, affordable housing, um, connectivity, um, you know, you name it. Um, we, we've said it before, but that definitely is a focus. Um, and then also are the areas in Route County not currently targeted for growth that would be appropriate sites for increased density? So are our growth centers that are identified in the plan currently and potential growth center enough to support our growing population? So that's something we wanna think about. And I put in um, here Milner and Pittsburgh because it has come up before. Um, the downside, the con to that, as we just noted, is that you know this is creating more bedroom communities. However, one would argue they're already established and they've already been there. And Pittsburgh has water and sewer, and as you know, Milner has sewer. So um, we also would take it a step further and and state that 
we already know that there are numerous conservation easements around some of these communities that may prevent that from happening. And by creating the map we discussed before may answer some of these questions, but it's enough to leave on the table just to consider, you know, or is there another area that we should be looking at? Uh, we can also discuss, you know, Stagecoach and Steamboat Lake. Um, these areas also are already previously platted um, and the plan and the regulations both support consolidations. So that would reduce density and it also provides an area for a moderate um, priced housing in, you know, in the community. So um, these are also things, you know, and this is just staff's perspective, but things that we have touched on in the past. Um, so then also these three items were um, provided by Roberta, thank you, um, about encourage development of affordable workforce housing, uh, where feasible encourage auxiliary dwelling units. So as you know, we recently, um, I would say, alleviated our, um, or loosened our regulations for secondary dwelling units. So that is something that we did recently accomplish. Although we always allowed for secondary dwelling units, it was really restrictive. And now with the changes, anyone who owns a property in Route County that is connected to water and sewer is eligible for a secondary dwelling unit. Um, however, if you don't have water and sewer connectivity, you need a minimum of five acres. And then also the other change was that those dwelling units can now be attached or detached um, within certain distances. Those really didn't change, except if you have 35 acres or more, you could be separated by the primary dwelling up to 300 feet from the, um, from the, the auxiliary or secondary dwelling unit and the primary. Um, the overall size of that unit hasn't changed. There really wasn't an appetite to, um, to really loosen the size of those because they're really intended to be to support our workforce and, and, and more attainable housing options, um, rentals, things of that nature. So existing policies that I, that I pulled out that, and, and there are numerous, I mean, if you look at the um, chapter 12, there, there are several that go in um, a little more in depth to support affordable housing, um, but you know, the big one in 33C, you, you, you really rely on the most, I feel, is new residential subdivisions, whether it's affordable or not, should be encouraged to occur, to, to occur only when the demand exists for the type of improved residential dwelling units proposed. Um, so we do know that there is a demand. Um, so that's something, you know, we'd, we'd want to keep in mind, along with 12.3, a, 123H, and 123F, which have to do with supporting a broad range of housing opportunities. Um, in order to maintain full-time residents, the county should, shall prohibit short-term rentals outside of growth centers. Um, I thought that was important to include in there since we have that discussion all the time. So that's pretty clear right there because you know, obviously the goal is to support affordable housing options and have that variety of housing for our workforce and by allowing short-term rentals in the county outside of growth centers, um, you're, you're taking away housing from the locals. So 
I mean, we've talked, we don't have to get into, you know, the in-depth discussion at this point in time, but we've talked about it that, I mean, if you, if I had a, um, a house that I could short-term rental, I mean, it, it really is a no-brainer from just a, um, from a financial standpoint, you know, for what you can rent out your house in a weekend versus an entire month. I mean, I understand the attractiveness of it, but you got to look at the downside. And we have previously presented to you numerous examples um, and case studies throughout um, Colorado and the rest of the country that they're all feeling the same and feeling the stresses of the shared economy specific to short-term rentals. Um, and the case study, study that is the most, um, I would say, uh, the closest to us that... Um, that we did study was for in Crested Butte. And essentially there is no housing left for locals um, in the Crested Butte community. And if you just go on VRBO, everything is, um, is really just, it, it's all for, to support their um, recreation and their tourism. So anyway, the 12-3F, um, the county encourages consistency on secondary um, secondary units and other housing policies. So as I said, we recently did amend our regulations to allow um, and encourage secondary units. Um, pulling out other policy questions, I previously mentioned about these other plans that recently have been adopted or are on the horizon. So we really want to determine how best to incorporate and reference these, is, these existing plans, um, not reinvent the wheel. We should really tap into these resources and, and utilize them as our stakeholders as we move forward. So that would be the hazard mitigation plan and Mo, our um, emergency personnel um, director, he came in and uh, did the presentation for you about the hazard mitigation plan. Um, public, there's a public health plan that is relatively new, as well as a climate action plan. There's the rec route table, um, <clears throat> the recreation route round table, um, and they're developing a conservation recreation plan for the county. Um, it is still very new, but we can look to them as some stakeholders you know, to provide some guidance, as well as um, as Greg pointed out, a transportation plan, not sure you know, what they're gonna call it yet, but it is still new, but as we're going and moving through this process, um, that will unfold a little bit more as a resource to us. Uh, these are some other policy questions that um, staff pulled out, and this is our you know, response in red. What incentives could the city and county provide to further encourage development in the West of Steamboat area? Um, again- Christy. Can, yes. can you not see the hands I on cannot. your screen? I cannot. Okay, uh, uh, Brian and Andy both had their hands up. Brian, go ahead. Uh, yeah, my only comment was you mentioned Crested Butte that I observed the same thing in uh, Buena Vista, Salida, Leadville. Uh, same Airbnb and very yeah. little in the way of long-term renting for locals who supposedly are commuting to the ski areas like Copper and, and Vale. Yeah. But yeah, pretty uh, Buena Vista just shocked me. They just, yeah. 
And at yeah, this Airbnb point, I just want to reiterate also that um, there is no indication um, at this point from our county commissioners um, to even consider um, allowing short-term rentals. Um, I know that this was a debate several years back under different leadership, um, but during recent conversations, you know, hearing it with my own ears um, that, you know, there is no appetite. Um, basically, if you want a short-term rental, then you belong in the city or in a municipality. Um, so that's the stance for now. Um, obviously we can anticipate potentially this issue coming up, um, you know, as we move through, but um, I don't anticipate that really changing at this point in time. Um, Andy, did you have your hand up? No? Okay. Um, so moving Sorry, on. Sorry, Christy. It took oh. me a second to find my unmute button. Okay. What's up, Annie? What's going on? I sent you an email with notes on the outreach summary and the, um, uh, what was the other one that was attached the outreach summary and the action item list. I just figured it was maybe a easier way to get some things into the conversation instead of bogging it down in this environment. Yeah. When did you, did you send that to my work email? Uh, I replied to one that you had sent me. I just sent it to you when we started the meeting. So oh, okay. Just to have it as a review later okay. on, you know, and I think there are lots of things that you're bringing up right now that, you know, just the discussion on housing alone, you know, although we've been successful in discouraging short-term rentals in unincorporated route County, when they occur in the growth centers, they do eat up employee and, you know, regular housing for the rest of us. And so um, it's kind of a double-edged sword, I think, in that, you know, part of the conversation. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And um, I know it will come up through our master plan review um, later on down the road. And, you know, my proposal to that would be that we probably we as a group prioritize that as a discussion that the municipalities need to address and that they should align with whatever policies we come up to either um, promote or not um, um, that activity. You know, so when we do look at just say the area plan next, that is definitely gonna be a focus regardless, um, but you know, it would really be able to have that support by by our outcomes from um, from the master plan update process. Yeah, and I you know I support the process you know you know to its fullest. I just think that there's a lot of more in depth you know in regards to transportation. Um, oh yeah. And the recreation component. I like the the fact that we keep on bringing up examples. Um, they can help lead us to maybe some solutions. Crested Butte has come up again. I don't know if you remember in that last um, planning conference that occurred, Crested Butte gave, and in conjunction with the Forest Service around Crested Butte, talked about the impacts to recreation and what they thought their best strategies were and, you know, actually developing the recreation areas to accommodate the level of use, at least in that minimum zone around it is the you know, what I think we should do to help encourage, you know, some of the things and 
that are impacting our recreation component. So like I said, I just sent along some, some comments and awesome. thought that'd be an easier way to address them all. Thank you. I, I appreciate that, Andy. Um, and, and to that point, I mean, the idea is that each one of these policy questions that staff is raising here, you know, the idea is that these are gonna be the themes, if you will, the more focused discussions as we move forward. Um, in the next phase of the public outreach. So as we know right now, this discussion is more of that high level and, and really um, divulging some of those um, takeaways that we learned <clears throat> through the initial outreach um, <clears throat> for us to move forward. Um, but that would be the intent. Um, so, and I would encourage any one of you, um, planning commission or not, um, you know, the community, if you have any comments or if you want to add to any of these, please send me comments. Um, Andy, I didn't see yours yet, but thank you. And Roberta has. Um, or if you don't want to send them to me and you want to just have a conversation, um, I encourage that as well. Um, so Christy, just, just, a short, just a short interruption. You brought up the RRR. Yeah. Do, does the community, Dan used to be on that? But does the county now have anybody attending this RRR if they're developing a plan and presumably we're supposed to agree with it? They do. Um, so um, the representative for the county now is Tim Corrigan. Um, so he has taken Dan's place um, and they have really narrowed down that group. I actually sat in on their, um, their last meeting, I think it was a week ago. Um, and they've come a long way um, because if anybody joined those meetings in the beginning, it was uh, it was a cluster. And um, you know they they really have um, they they've brought on brought on a consultant to help you know mitigate and you know some of the concerns and also to help facilitate the conversation and really have it focused. And um, there aren't as many people involved anymore, but there is good representation. Um, and from what I saw, Commissioner Corrigan was um, doing a great job, you know, representing, you know, the county. Um, but, you know, the, the point is looking at all of these different plans, you know, there are specific groups who have been identified to update or create these plans. And we should absolutely be, you know, partnering with them you know, so when we do discuss recreation and tourism, you know, we are um, having that conversation with the rec roundtable, um, as well as, you know, whoever else you feel um, would be uh, effective. I'm not limiting it just to these people, but it's a great starting place. And, you know, we want that, um, we want that inclusion, we want that, um, you know, because this is a the community's plan, right? So we want to make sure we have an accurate representation and um, people assisting who are experts in these areas. Christy, um, just one quick comment on the West Steamboat Area Plan. It seems to me that the um, it would be really helpful to have somebody from the city who was actually involved in all the negotiations to better inform us as to um, what the pitfalls were for moving that plan forward. I know access was clearly one of them, but I don't know enough about it to know, but yeah. there must be somebody at the city who, who really understands what happened out there. Yeah. So, um, 
So Rebecca Bessie, the director, um, planning director for the city is um, part of APCC um, as you are now too, <laughs> starting at our next meeting. Um, and there is a lot of collaboration and information being provided to us of you know the pitfalls and some of the challenges um, of, of why that didn't happen. You know, as we reiterated before, um, some of the comments that we have heard is that, you know, the plan's not working. You know, a rooftop hasn't been developed and we can, you know, go on and on this topic and really hijack the conversation just for, you know, this alone. Um, there are numerous reasons why, but the plan isn't gonna create development. It is going to dictate where, um, you know, and guide that development and where it should go. All of the plans do point to West Steamboat at the moment, um, but one of the biggest problems has been the annexation issue. Um, and, and so that's something we really need to collectively in a joint effort with the city, really be all part of that process um, to figure out what we can do and, and hopefully a consultant can also help, you know, provide some tools and, um, and, and some insight on, you know, what we can be doing better. Um, the most recent, and, and this is according to um, Rebecca, the, the most recent plan failed um, because of the inner negotiations between the landowner and the developer. Um, everything was moving along and it came to as an utter shock um, to, to the planning, you know, the city planning staff um, and just the city council of, of what went wrong there. And it came down to negotiations. And that's something that's, you know, really out of our control. I'm sure there's more to it than that. And we don't have to, you know, debate this, but, um, but that's the long and short of it. Um, but those are good points. And I think there is a lot of focus on what we can do better, um, you know, for this area of the county. Um, the next item is um, climate change. So policies that address climate action. We've talked about this before. We know that the plan um, doesn't address um, anything here, but they did just um, adopt a climate action plan. Um, so um, that is great. I was actually part of um, that team, that stakeholder group. Um, and you know, so definitely we want to work with those folks and see, you know, how we or best practice to um, incorporate and reference those climate action policies within the master plan. Um, and then also same would go for historic preservation. I've had numerous conversations, I've, I've mentioned to you before, um, with Historic Route County. I went and I presented to them. There is a lot of interest on their part. They really want to be part of this process, which is great. And again, another resource that we can tap into about you know, providing appropriate policies and, and goals for the plan update process, um, as well as um, what goals and policies are needed to better protect the county's natural resources. Um, the hazard mitigation plan, along with the climate action plan, um, are two plans that, again, recently adopted that um, could be a great resource for us. So, um, so that's great. 
Um, I wasn't going to go into all of the action items since I did send that to all of you, but as you know, staff went ahead and we pulled out um, all of the action items for you and gave you a status update. And um, out of the 47 action items, only 12 have not been accomplished. Um, and we provided you the justification for all of those. Um, some of, those, some of those were focused around, I know Steve would be interested specifically in um, some of those um, gravel pit type action plans and um, mapping for that, that really wasn't done. Um, some of that justification is because as you're reviewing the gravel pit operations um, or oil and gas, it's typically case by case. Um, that's not to say that that's right or wrong, um, but that's just identified as something that hasn't been done in the master plan. And is this an area that we can do better? And we really need to consider um, our, our resources that we have and then knowing you know, where the industry is going um, and some of the changes that we can make to support to maybe alternative energy, supporting um, those kind of initiatives. Um, and then last year, um, these are just basic things we've been talking about from the beginning, you know, just other areas that aren't addressed in the master plan that should be um, improve the clarity and grammar of the language. Um, that came from Sarah specifically, as you can tell, um, she is an asset, um, when it, especially when it comes to grammar. Um, provide current and better quality maps and photographs. Um, we've been talking about that and that all has to revolve around like the modernization of the plan and the format. Um, ensure the formatting is user-friendly on the internet, um, interactive um, ways. Um, maps would be great. I am actually also working on um, two other items uh, I'll just let you know about. One is, um, I'm creating and coordinating with our GIS department to create a map overlay that basically um, redoes the, the map that is in the current master plan showing all the sub-area plans. This map that is like really ancient <laughs> and very difficult to read, but I wanna create an overlay map that has all of our sub-area maps within Route County with links to them that you can click and link to all of those um, other plans. And that will just be really helpful for an from an educational standpoint, but also to assist us as we move forward into further outreach. Um, we just obviously started this process back up and I just haven't had time to, um, to finalize that yet, but that is to come along with a story map. Um, and it's an interactive map again um, that I am developing with um, GIS that basically tells the story of Route County, but those maps that I was discussing before, those other overlays that will identify our conservation easements and our LPS developments, as well as our over-appropriated areas can be shown for public outreach as we move forward through a um, digital story map. Um, I have some examples I can send around to you um, just to you can get the flavor of what I'm, I'm referring to, but I think it would just be really good, you know, rather than just text all the time, it's just a different alternative to outreach. Um, and, and they're really great. The ones that I do have are a little more complex. And I think most of you would agree, um, you know, less maybe more. 
Um, but you'll get the idea of, of, of what I'm thinking. And these are things that we can do in-house as well as um, update wildlife information. Andy, you do have a question. I saw that come up. Yeah, I, I, it sounds like, again, referencing back to that conference we attended, there was a lot of talk about the master plan and moving the master plan into the next century, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that the story concept is interesting. I would like to see the examples for sure. I'll send um, them around. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, the one thing that I wasn't at that conference that they were talking about, there was this movement almost to like create new words. Like that doesn't necessarily like interest me. And I like your comment about simplicity. You know, that was one of the, I was looking back at my notes from that conference and that was kind of one of the things that made me yeah. laugh was that whole. And, and we all have to remember, you guys are in control of the content. And, and, and I'm going to go into also the role of a consultant, you know, just so we're all like clear on, you know, what staff is proposing as the expectations, but also, you know, for you all to provide that. But, you know, there, there, are, um, there are plans you'll read that has a lot of jargon in it that it's just like, come on, you know, or, you know, you, you want it to be authentic. And, you know, one of the things that although our plan is dated, it, it is simple, it's easy to navigate, um, no pun, pun intended. Um, and, you know, we have, um, we've been given kudos, you know, over the years and up until recently about our plan. And, and that's one of the things that people do like is just how simple it is. It doesn't have to be complicated. There are communities that just use a, a, a digital like story map type thing. Um, that, that, that's one alternative. But the point is we have a lot of options and that's something that a consultant can help us give options for us to decide, you know, where, where you would like to go with the actual format of the plan. But, you know, to really just reaffirm the fact that conceptually, you know, the plan it doesn't need to change in the, sec in, in the sense of, you know, what our existing growth management tool is. At this point in time, there is no reason for me or for staff to think, and I think you would all agree that, you know, we need to start from the ground up. I think we have confirmed that, you know, this, this is a plan that um, is, is working, um, but admittedly has, um, has definite issues that we do need to focus on and do need to address moving forward. So um, update the wildlife information to reflect current conditions. So that would be like current mapping and things like that. And then also ensure our oil and gas policies do not conflict with the COGCC standards. So they recently just came out with new standards and actually um, that brings me to your next meeting is going to be your first oil and gas um, special use permit application. Um, so that's going to be really interesting and throughout the staff report and that will be explained, but you'll notice um, for sure what these um, standards are and stuff. So that's something that we know is on our radar that we do need to update. Um, Andy, again, or is that from before? No, just I, that was another one that you know, caught my attention, having seen a bunch of them come through. Yeah, I do agree that we have to make sure we're, you know, at least in alignment with COGCC. Right. But I will remind us that 
we at one time had policies that actually exceeded those standards and then actually became implemented by COGCC. So I'm not afraid to push the limit a little bit on some of that stuff to make sure it, um, you know, at least meets or exceeds their standards. I don't, I'm not too afraid of the challenge from that standpoint. That's just my two cents. Brian. So <clears throat> my comment on that, if you're not aware of it, there's a Senate bill 181 that was passed in 2018. And there's also new regulations from the Colorado Oil and Gas Commission in November of last year, 2020, pertaining to just the subject matter you are talking about. So since that subject hasn't been visited in 10 years, yeah. there's been ongoing statutory and regulatory law. That, that is true. And that's why we specifically put that, um, that bullet in there because we do recognize that fact. And that just is more of the reason why, you know, we know that the plan needs to be updated for, you know, reasons like this, just because some of the information in there is dated. Um, all right, expectations of a consultant. So um, timeline for those of you um, who are newer to the call um, and, and the conversation is really identifying what the scope of this plan is gonna be. Um, next steps would be um, to have this, a very similar discussion based on the policies that staff um, pulled out, if you're all in agreement um, with that, and of course we can um, add to them and um, delete them, um, but that was our takeaway um, by your request. And, you know, we'll, you know that would be a um, great starting point for what the scope of the plan update would be. Um, and so the next steps would be to have a joint meeting with our Board of County Commissioners, um, for agreement on, on that to then incorporate those policies and discussion items along with what basically you're seeing on your screen here, which we'll go over um, in an RFP for a consultant. Um, the, the RFP process takes approximately 60 days for us from start to finish from when we would bring on a consultant you would all be part of that process, that consultant cons uh, selection process as we move forward. And our, our target date, and, and we have wiggle room based on you know, the climate of what we're dealing with right now with COVID obviously, um, but also our dollar grant that we received um, expires um, next May, 2022. Um, however, we have the ability to extend that grant if necessary. But being that we feel that this is going to be, um, I don't wanna say a limited update because I don't think that's uh, the right um, way to say it because that was something that we were saying in the beginning, um, but we're not starting reinventing the wheel here um, would be a better way to explain it. There you go, targeted. You're good with the, the words there. Andy. Um, so uh, with a targeted um, approach, you know, we're looking at a year from start to finish. So we were originally looking at bringing on that consultant in June to really dive into those focused discussions um, and 
having the plan adopted next May. And I don't foresee that being an issue. It just depends on, you know, when we're comfortable to move forward um, to start the RFP process um, from that point out. So with that said, um, the expectations of a consultant would be to design and conduct public engagement around the land use themes that we identified, uh, determined by planning commission and staff, using a third party for outreach will ensure an unbiased documentation of the response. So although it will be you know, targeted of what we're telling the consultant we wanna focus on, um, you know, we, we wouldn't get by bringing on a consultant, somebody from the community being like, oh, we're, we're steering you know, the, the, the plan update, you know, like it, it, it kind of keeps us honest, you know, um, and, and, and unbiased. We also um, would have them compile data from public outreach to inform planning commission and the board of county commission discussions, um, develop current and better quality maps, upgrade photographs and provide options for updated document uh, design. And that was what we were talking about, like whether it's like a story map format or, or however um, the best practice would be and provide those options to us. Determine how best to present demographic data and trends throughout the charts, graphs, et cetera, to allow more frequent updates. You'd probably want that information, I would guess, more in a, an appendix. So the document, you know, doesn't become outdated. As we all discussed from some of our, um, our meetings we've gone to and conferences, that's one of the, you know, uh, pitfalls you want to avoid is outdating your document, you know, sooner than later by incorporating some things that may change later, like the COGCC standards is a good example. Um, so sometimes referring to other plans um, it is more best practice because then if those, that information is outdated, they can just update those sub plans, if you will. Something to think about. Um, draft the limited number of realistic and attainable action items for consideration. Uh, and that speaks to, you know, what Linda was speaking about before, and that was a great comment. Um, ensure oil and gas policies do not conflict. Propose techniques and tools for limiting 35-acre development. Um, and this is something I um, pulled out. I don't know if you agree with that. Um, so we can talk about that if you don't. Um, propose techniques and tools for incentivizing development in the west of Steamboat area and determine how best to incorporate the referencing existing plans we have talked about. Steve, I see you're raising your hand. Yep, oh, you're on mute. Yep, you're still on mute. Oh, so to be clear, um, I think I understand this. Go back up near to the beginning. When we talk about compiling data from public outreach, what we're doing now is zeroing in on specific issues, not broad general based public comment stuff. But for example, what do you as a public envision to be an improvement for transportation? It, exactly. So basically it would be these policy questions. So yep. it's okay. in that separate document I provided to you, which yep. th that first bulleted list is really yep. the compiles. And then what we just discussed here, it's these are them. Yeah. It's just in a weird format for this discussion. So I apologize about That's that. That's fine. It's just, I want to make sure that yeah. I was clear and that everybody else is, because I don't think we're interested in holding another series of community meetings just to have them. 
no no the idea would be from this point forward i think we you know have done that initial outreach and it would be more focused discussions around these different topics uh, moving forward so um um no you're good That's yeah okay you know like like one this would be one meeting right for example what incentives could the city and county provide to further encourage development in the West Steamboat area? Um, and and, and yes. we can obviously fine tune that. Um, and there's some topics that I think can be combined that are relevant that we would want to um, tap into. Or uh, yeah, and I, no, I totally agree with that. And I think to an earlier point, a number of those community plans that are out there that are coming down the pike like climate for event, I don't know that the master plan in itself can address climate, but what it can do is incorporate by reference the fact that there is a climate plan in place. I don't it, think it's our obligation. We, we don't have the technical knowledge nor the capabilities. Others do, but you do want to incorporate it. Of, of course. And I think that's what we've been, the, the thought would be, I mean, that's my thought and what we've been told is best practice rather than um, there may be some policies that you feel are appropriate that address certain issues, but sure. really you would want to, if we already have this plan and if it's something that aligns with the goals of the master plan, why not refer to it in the master plan rather than a reinventing the wheel or having its own separate chapter um, in the master plan when it's not really necessary. Um, the other thing that, before we get too far, I'm sorry, Linda. Um, I'd be interested to hear if Peter or Ben or Jay have any comments that they'd like to add or interject at this point. Silence is deafening. Uh, Steve, this is Jay. Yes, Jay. Yeah, uh, great to see all you guys together. Glad we're all back together again to review this. This has been very helpful to me. Um, uh, I think you probably are aware that in terms of the recreational roundtable, uh, Christy, um, there was an article in the paper that the uh, wildlife, it's, that's not going to come out with a final plan on that until the wildlife study is done in 2022. So these kinds of sequential events will end up pushing some of that information out in terms of that specific area of recreation. But uh, we can, uh, at least uh, from their uh, work that they've currently done, um, be able to understand the parameters um, and perhaps incorporate some of that in, into the plan, into the master plan update. Uh, but I do like your idea of referencing some of these other plans rather than trying to uh, actually um, prescribe in the master plan things that are in those plans, which are always mutating. Yeah, good, good point. And Jay, to your comment also about the timing, um, we, we are gonna take that into consideration also of the timing of some of these um, topics for discussion. So knowing that, you know, they do have a good basis at, at this point in time, um, a good starting point, um, but we may wanna prioritize that 
last actually, or, or further down the road for discussion, you know, where we may, it may be more value to us for them to have more information for us later on down the road. So that's just I, a for thought. Yeah, I agree with that. Thank you. That's Linda, all. Uh, Linda has a burning question. Oh, it's not a burning question. I just wondered, have the school districts within Route County been approached to, you know, I was looking at all the various, you know, entities, the hazard plan group and this plan group, yeah. school districts. So um, when we initially started the process um, and, and we have our master stakeholder list um, of the update process, the school districts are all on there. Okay. Um, so, so they are and have been included in the process. And, and as we move forward, formally, because at right this point, we're, we're a little informal right now with um, picking back up the update process, um, but um, they will be notified and we have like a master like MailChimp uh, program where they're provided um, all of like the updates and are included in the process. And we do have our master plan, um, navigate your route website um, that people can be referred to as well. Okay. Peter had his hand up. Yeah, I'm, um, I was pleased to hear that the county commissioners have uh, reached out to the steamboat planning people because it seems like there's so many elements of the master plan, particularly having to do with development and affordable housing and so on, where we sort of run into the city of steamboat. We're, we're saying on the one hand, we want it, we want the development to be in the growth areas, but you know, as we've seen in several instances in the past couple of years, um, when there is development in those growth areas, sometimes Steamboat says, nah, we're not interested in incorporating it or whatever. So I think the master plan going forward really needs to address how we're going to coordinate uh, with the city of Steamboat and really make something happen um, in or adjacent to gr that growth area. Yeah, that, that is the intent, Peter. That's a good comment because um, that's really vital um, to the, the success of the master plan um, and to the process. Um, so the city and the county um, will be by nature, it's a jointly adopted plan, the area plan, as well as the West Steamboat plan currently. Um, whether they get combined or not, um, you know, I, I, I can't confirm that for sure, um, because that is a joint effort. But, um, but it is really positive to see the collaboration between the two entities um, more than it has been in the past. So I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm optimistic about it. Anyone else? Um, I'll chime in, Steve. Hey, Peter. This is Peter Patton, and um, thanks for letting me, you know, listen in. A um, couple co quick comments, and and that is, first of all, uh, that was an excellent presentation by Christy. That was really good, and you guys are headed in can the right direction Christy, with this. Can you hear him? I I can actually. Uh, are... Peter, I can, I'm not sure if anybody else can hear you or not, but I can hardly hear you. Turn your volume up a little bit, Troy. I had to do that. Yeah, I did. Okay. Cool. I got mine up to a hundred. <laughs> can, can everybody else hear me? 
Uh, I can. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, Troy. Um, just a couple quick comments. Um, again, that was a great presentation. The staff is really doing a great job with directing this. I mean, I've I've worked with this master plan since before its inception, um, when when Ben Bell was creating it, and 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 so I'm I'm so intimately familiar with it. Um, I feel like I have a lot of ownership to it. Um, it it it, you know, having worked in a lot of different resort communities in Colorado. Um, you've got a really good master plan and it doesn't need a big overhaul. It's just, it's a, it's a really good plan. Um, you know, I've worked with it for probably 50 or 60 applications or more over the last 20 years. And, and so I think that honing that down into the issues that you really want to tackle is really critical. And then updating the whole thing, because it is old. Okay, it's 18 years old and it's gotta be updated, but these types of projects can really blow up on you. Okay, they often do. Municipalities, counties, um, cities, towns, they undertake these projects and they just blow up, especially when they get into the public comment sphere because everybody wants to do everything, right, Christy? And, and then you're, you're all of a sudden you have a year project that turns into two and a half years and you're, you're pulling your hair out because the scope of it just keeps changing. So it's really important to have a good specific narrow scope. And with this master plan, especially, you don't need a huge project. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's in, in and this is a simplistic way of putting it, but it's, in, in, in some sense, it's kind of uh, a cut and paste and update because the plan is really a good plan. And you guys know it, you've worked with it for a long time and I've used the policies in so many different applications. So um, I think you're on a good track and um, you know, um, I'm kind of looking forward to maybe throwing my hat in the ring to help you guys out with this because I, I can't think of anyone else that's more familiar with it and might be able to help you guide through this thing um, and keep you on track. That's huge. Thanks. In my sense, Peter, is we likely will in fact consult you, particularly when it comes to the problem areas. <laughs> yeah, I, I've kind of experienced all of them and from like 20 years ago till now and, and and, um, but I think really Christy has you guys with your eyes on the right issues here. Um, uh, that was just a really good presentation and staff's done a great job getting you to this point where you're ready now. You know, so many of these projects, they start out like six months or eight months ago where you guys were and then it just, it blows up into this, what is the scope? Oh my gosh, there's all this public and we now have 40 issues instead of 10. And so narrowing the scope and focusing and getting it done, that's what you wanna do and not let this thing get out of control. Those are really good comments, Thank Peter. Thank you. Um, you know, some of the strategy here, um, moving into this update process, was definitely deliberate um, in 
in letting planning commission really narrow that scope and, and, and really us going out to the community and asking those questions, you know, where, we're the experts, we're the ones that, you know, are most familiar rather than bringing on a consultant from the very beginning, where that is something that tends to happen. Um, and, and just one other comment, and I'm sure, you know, this is along what the lines of what Peter just su suggested is just some of the other pitfalls to that we, we know that we want to avoid or we can anticipate and be prepared for is that you know, when, when you do open it up to public, uh, to the public outreach into our next phase is that, you know, you're, we're going to have people coming out from all over, you know, and, and wanting to get involved. And that's great, you know, but, you know, to be firm on the fact that, you know, we've already narrowed our scope to these issues. And that's not to say we don't consider, you know, some of the comments, you know, but it's something, you know, whereas you probably have a matrix, you know, and, and I don't have this prepared now, but it's almost like a matrix of all these issues that keep us on point. And if somebody makes a comment, you know, does it fit into one of these boxes? And if it doesn't, you know, it's, it's like, hey, we considered it and we don't agree with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or um, to put it more nicely, or maybe it's more appropriate that it should be a priority for the plan update of Steamboat Springs when that time arises. So, I mean, there's different ways that you can do it, but, you know, Peter is exactly right. And that is something that we do want to avoid, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy that we went through this process earlier with you guys first through phase one and phase two, and we can really provide, you know, to whomever the consultant may be, um, in moving forward, you know, what our expectations are because they're not dictating the process. You all are. Um, and, and that's going to be something really important, you know, as for all, us all to understand, because I know that was really a sticking point. You know, when this all started off, we all know that um, this process was, um, you know, going, going not the way, you know, I think everybody felt um, it needed to. Um, I'm happy that we went through the community um, outreach first and really were able to confirm, like I said, from the beginning, what we already knew. You know, it, it's really not broken, but there are definite issues that we do wanna focus on um, and, and address as we move forward. So Andy, I don't know if you put your- Did the, you mentioned matrix. Um... Did I miss it where we determined that the gravel pit matrix wasn't useful tool? I, I recognize it's time. And yeah, that, that came up um, probably about two years ago. Um, and, and that was one of the action items that there would be a gravel pit matrix. And evidently there was one at one time. I have never seen it. Um, we do have a gravel Pit, um, matrix that we created because of that conversation. And it's really just for inventory purposes um, that we do keep and we maintain. Um, but it was never done as part of um, a directive through the master plan. Um, and, Christy, and I, of, I, Christy, I actually had that matrix. Yeah, no, we, we created it. Was excellent. it through, yeah, we created that through the discussion. Um, but it wasn't used, you know, as part of your review of gravel pit type applications. Is that it true? Was, yeah, yeah. 
So uh, I think the one, Steve, the one you have is the original back from when it was created by John Eastman. Uh, the one that I have goes back to 2003-ish, give or take, plus or minus. Yeah. And I got it. I don't, I, I think Chad gave it to me because I thought I really wanted to take that back to Illinois and incorporate it there because I really liked it. I actually, I actually know how this went down. So there was this matrix that was created and, and Troy's right. It was, it was designed by John Eastman and he did this fabulous job, but it ended up being so time consuming and staff intensive to maintain on a regular basis that once the demand for gravel and new gravel pit applications fell off, the maintenance of that actual interactive matrix fell off as well. And then it was kind of resurrected, which is right. I think the thing that Christy's talking about yeah. in a form that was more informational rather than prescriptive. Mm -hmm. mm. Perfect, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I stand correct. on the record as liking the first version. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of why I brought it up. I, you know, I liked it the tool as well from an informational standpoint. Um, not that it really, I, you know, I think inventorying our natural resources and having that information available, you know, again, would it be easier served to have it as a link in the virtual document that yeah. ties in a map instead of actually having it in the document as you were That's discussing right. yeah. other things. Right. That's the, the real, the real, advantage to the update in like i said bringing it into this next century is we can incorporate more information without making the document necessarily much more cumbersome yeah Agreed. definitely yeah. and and that's something you know those are some of the things that would be great for a consultant to be you know be able to handle for us that data collection and creating those kind of documents for us which is kind of labor intensive you know for staff um you know but but i'm not saying that we shouldn't have those things. I absolutely think that they're, they have value um, to the master plan. Um, and then just thinking about how you wanna incorporate it because again, you just don't wanna make sure that that information becomes outdated. So it would be better to be like an appendix or something like that, or through a link that can be updated later. Um, Brian. Yeah, I would say, and Steve knows this since he was in the business obviously, but the mapping of the gravel pits, like in a, I don't think I've perused the GIS a fair amount, but have I missed them? You know, with the gravel pit locations? They're, they're not on the county GIS website. And, they're not mapped. No. And they really should be um, because it would give a people a good um, visual impact on where they are strategically because you don't want these things in one area and be transporting gravels all over a very large county. You want them near the roads, bridges, foundations, you know, the highways that you're building. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Actually, Brian, don't you really want them where the gravel is? Well, that's the that's <laughs> kind of irrelevant. You know, it's really. How can that be irrelevant? <laughs> yeah. You can. No, I'm just giving. Never you mind. Yeah. I'm I just know. having fun. I am too. So. I'm rehearsing. I'm rehearsing my old days when I would stand before boards and try to explain to them that, well, we're actually here because that's kind of where the gravel is. And it's amazing how that kind of went over their heads. Well, some people think you just mine the earth. 
And, exactly. And, and you want to mine the earth in specific locations. Is what yeah. Uh, yeah. How convenient yeah. could that be? Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we digress. All right. Could you um, tell me where you think this thing is now with the specifically to the survey? So we got back 922 responses and now we're sort of restarting and we're moving ahead. And part of the moving ahead is a community outreach. Where does that all connect? So um, I don't, we went over last time what that timeline would, would look like. Yeah, but I'm interested in the timeline. I'm just trying to figure out how we take the results. In other words, your summary page that you first showed, land use was not even mentioned. So I could make the assumption or the assertion that land use is not a problem. So let's move on to hazard mapping or transportation or whatever it is. And, and I'm just being facetious, but uh, that's where I'm trying to get an idea from you is under the summary, land use wasn't mentioned and what do we do with the first 922 responses moving forward in community outreach? I, I, the plan would be from this discussion, if you, you, you all and you specifically actually asked, you know, staff to provide you our takeaway and summary and a path forward. Um, and that's that document that we provided to you that I summarized in this presentation here tonight. So the intent would be, if you agree with staff's assessment, and that's based on comments from you all, from the 922 surveys we received that we reviewed, you know, from that, um, that report document, um, as well as, you know, the community input that we received from the 14 meetings that we had, if you're all in agreement with that document, the, the last one we just sent of the summary of the outreach, um, that, that would be confirmation enough for me to create our focused update into a scope to consider and to present to the county commissioners in a joint meeting. And provided, you know, obviously there's agreement and it would be, you know, obviously this was planning commission's assessment of, of the outreach series and a path forward, we would then provided there was agreement with the document and if there was any amendments that needed to be made, we could then begin with the RFP process. So I don't well, feel we need to backtrack or start diving into you know, the, some of those issues or rehash some of the past, because I think we have enough information in my opinion to move forward. And that is that this should be a focused update um, and we don't have to re you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But there are obviously issues that we pulled out that we feel as staff, and I think you all agree that do need to be addressed transportation, affordable housing, um, some of the growth pressures we're feeling, you know, with um, uh, recreation and tourism in the county. Um, so that, that list was all provided to you. 
Yeah, and I, I think we talked about this a bit earlier because I, I wanted it to be clear in my head, the next series yeah. of outreaches would be um, topic specific, i.e. we're going to focus on transportation. We're going to take that yeah. to the public and say, yeah. hey, public, we want to talk about transportation. You know, what do you think? This is what we think and kind of get gauges and comments back from the community. Exactly. And the same would be true on affordable housing. But again, the outreaches would be specific topics, not general. We're done with the general stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've accomplished, I think, via the survey, we've confirmed that the master plan, as it's written presently, pretty much is on target with what we want to accomplish. What we're missing exactly. are details, little ones. And Linda has her hand up. One of the thoughts I have in terms of that going forward process, maybe this addresses what Troy mentioned is, each time we present one of these topics, I think it would make sense at the beginning of, you know, however it's presented, the press release, whatever it is, is to say, based on our surveys, uh, you know, we are having these topic public uh, meetings and that the overarching goal um, of the master plan is to preserve the Western rural atmosphere of Route County. That sort of gives that overarching concept of land use. I mean, and, and I think that's the problem that sometimes we get into is you get these little targeted focus groups. All they wanna talk about is transportation or affordable housing. And so what I would recommend is that every time we get ready to have one of these public outreach meetings and that we ask our consultant to keep this in mind is to every time focus this county on the fact that we have surveys that say what our current master plan, you know, overarching Absolutely. is is to preserve our rural way of life kind of attitude. And yeah. I think that is where, um, I, at least my experience has been that sometimes we get bogged down in details because we forget to remind people we have you know, an, a goal that we're focusing this particular topic towards. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's all really important. Um, and good comments for sure. Uh, what is going to be imperative is, you know, consultants, this is what they do. They facilitate and, and really, um, really help the conversation and make sure that they don't get off target um, and remind people we're having this conversation because we went through phase one and phase two and we're basing this information and our summary on all of the input we have already received. And this is what we have decided moving forward are the biggest issues. So thank you, Linda. Anybody else? Um, uh, so I guess I would key. ask, I would one. ask, you know, at this point um, is if you were all okay with that summary document, um, you know, we could look to joint to a joint meeting to confirm that. 
um, you know, coming from planning commission and all of our, you know, um, meetings we've already had and reviewing the surveys, this is, this is our assessment. Um, and, you know, if you, if anybody has any additional um, thoughts, I mean, um, you can definitely reach out to me. I'm not getting the feeling that anybody is in disagreement um, with, with that document. It's also not set in stone. It is a draft, um, you know, so at this point, um, you know, whether you feel there is a need for another work session, um, you know, that's, that's up to you. I feel we are ready um, to move into a joint meeting where um, we can, you know, confirm these details um, and, and get everybody on board moving forward. I'll, sp I'll speak for myself, um, but I thought the document, you talk about the master LV summary document was good. I wrote down um, two comments and they're just, basically they're just that. Um, it was in the second paragraph we talked about one of the, well, reconciling um, sprawl versus other issues. And I just wrote down, because the last sentence was, one of the topics for discussion during the update process will be to reconcile these issues. And I wrote, <laughs> if possible, yeah, because uh, I'm not convinced <laughs> that's reconcilable. And the other thing that, I, that caught my eye, but I thought was really good, and I don't know how you fix it short of enhancing the advantages um, or the remunerations in, in land trust is the third one to the fourth paragraph. You raised the issue about the 35 acre development. And I wrote, good question. How to enhance land trust provisions possibly is one way around it. But I think that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one to deal with, I think. Otherwise, I thought, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I think what will help, you know, the 35 acre development question. Um, will also be mapping of us identifying land that is eligible for 35 acre development. Um, so we can really focus like, hey, is this really a problem? Yes or no. Um, and um, I, I think, you know, it could be yes. And my just thoughts are how that could be addressed is really encouraging um, conservation easements and, um, and things yeah. of that nature. Well, that's um, why I said, raise, raise the revenues. Yeah. It always gets people's money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's just, you know, uh, uh, my thought out loud, uh, Andy, go ahead. Yeah. My question, and I think your mapping is going to really answer it. Like you said, is <clears throat> I don't think there's going to be a heck of a lot of those opportunities left. I mean, you look at the, real estate sales this for the past week 32 properties sold for 35 million dollars or something like that it's so obviously i think these large par parcels in conjunction with the data that we've seen the most growth in un unincorporated route county would suggest to me that the 35s are actually going to start dropping off a little bit and i also had a question for you about the encouraging like on 160s and where 
you were moving with that as far as what kind of development are we looking to actually encourage on those types of parcels? Um, what are you referring to? I'm sorry, 160s in the, oh, in the document? Yeah, 160 acre parcels. I don't know. Quarter if sections. Yeah, I don't know if you're just using that as a reference to something larger than a 35. Um, at what point in time, Commissioner Bell proposed the minimum, the minimum lots uh, in the AF zone district was 160 acres. But that didn't really gain any traction. There you go. Yeah. It also runs was, up against the state. That's the, that's no, it doesn't. Thing, I was right? a fan. <laughs> well, I, I'm a fan of that too, because if you, I've gone on the record several times as saying, over my time here, driving from Steamboat to the South Valley at night, the number of lights in the valley has increased by a hundredfold. And so I don't think that the 35 acre thing was very successful. And as um, uh, Commissioner Stohoviak pointed out to me is the 35 acres comes from the state and deal it, it with does. this. <laughs> I never liked it either. Going forward, Christy, with that paragraph you're talking about, that paragraph on its surface, it sounds like, oh my gosh, um, building on 35 acre parcels has gone crazy over the last 21 years. And I think it has a certain extent, but what I'm trying to get at is maybe go uh, next meeting or joint meeting or for uh, reference is if it was possible to simply pull out the number of that 42% growth, was that how much was in Stagecoach and Steamboat Lake? Because it kind of tells, that paragraph tells a different story if you say that 20% uh, of the growth over the last 21 years has been on 25 acre parcels. Or country, if 20% has been stagecoach and, and Steamboat Lake, you know, existing platted lots. So that's my only comment with that, that paragraph is maybe context. Okay. Thank you, Troy. Yeah, and that, that kind of keys in on uh, one of the comments about targeting additional growth centers or areas for growth that maybe aren't already growth centers. <laughs> An inventory of that would show, in my opinion, that those are nowhere near capacity or infill has achieved. And so I'm not necessarily in favor of identifying additional areas. I believe that until somehow development outside of Steamboat becomes attractive and profitable, I guess, I don't know what the holdup is, you know, but the, the old joke in Oak Creek is, you know, wait five years, just wait five years. And I can tell you nothing's changed in five years. And yeah. I, believe, I believe that data. Hey, Brian, so Brian, Brian, Brian no, I, just, just the, the one I'm trying to struggle with, but I'll bet you that in the last 20 years, I can only think off the top of my head of two 35 acre subdivisions. Can you, and that's rolling really that one up uh, fly gulch. So I mean, maybe Canyon Valley, if you go back 20 years, but I, I guess 
I don't think there's been a lot of 35 acres divisions platted in the last 20 years. What do you think, Brian? I, I mean, I would agree with that. Uh, most there 35 was... acres are individual meets and bounds scattered throughout the county. Yeah. Uh, there has there been, been a some... few. Yeah. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's stuff like where I live, Johnson Ranch, and like, you know, the deal, the dolphin companies that did Elk River Mountain Ranch and did uh, the one up above the airport that did the Ridgeline House and Big Valley. But that Big Valley is like 20 years. Yeah, that's 80 years. That's 1980 or 81. Yeah, it's a long time ago. But, uh, but the I would argue, though, that the, the, the building permit issue is the thing, is like how, not how many 35-acre lots are there, but how many of those have been developed. Yeah, and and, and that's the big key, um, because the data that we do have is that building permits exceed um exceed the city of Steamboat Springs out in unincorporated Route County, and in particular on 35s. And it's either they're knocking down homes and building, you know, the McMansions, you know, you, you see and, and hear about, um, or they're doing additions or purchasing vacant 35s. Um, or what Brian just said is a meets and bounds and someone just has 70 or has more than 35 and they're just meets and bouncing off, subdividing off 35, like 135 acre lot here and there, not actual like true subdivisions, but it is happening. So it's like the cumulative effect that we're feeling. Um, but we are also seeing a lot of that growth, I would say, and interest in Steamboat Lake and in Stagecoach through consolidations. Well, anyway, in the end, I think, yeah, I think we should move forward. You've got two things going on. Um, although I tell myself, don't you have the core for an RFP already? We, we essentially do. Um, however, um, we need confirmation on that and, um, and it needs to be a joint effort um, to confirm that. So that's why it would be necessary to have that joint meet, meeting to confirm what that would the be scope my second you're telling comment. me that you're all telling me up. that you agree with. Set it up. Yep. Let's move okay. forward. Okay, great. Try your smirking. No, I'm good. Okay. Great. Uh, well, let me just mention it. it. I think you guys brought up a great point when I was rambling on about 35 acre development. And maybe it was the definition of development. And, and Christy brought up the point that that's where a lot of these building permits are coming from on 35 acre parcels. Um, I'm struggling a little bit with the concept of a landowner selling off a 40 or a 35, and we're calling that development. Now in the literal sense, I guess it is, but again, it's context. Because when you say 35 acre development, my interpretation of that was some 35 acre subdivision, i.e., you know, Rolling Ridge or some of these other platted subdivisions. So forgive me if my context was was off base. No, that was a good comment to point out, you know, to clarify, you know, development could mean one or the other. I think I think collectively both. 
So sometimes these things come back, Troy, like uh, Grassy Creek, which was done by Roger Johnson in the early 2000s. And he platted dozens of lots up there just to the uh, east of uh, County, you know, 20 mile road, uh, not too far from the power plant. And then the whole development went belly up. They've got electric in there. Now they're going back in there and putting water wells in that they're going to run out to the individual parcels. So that place has got, is going to have paved roads, 30, 35 acres, water. We, we already count those in the inventory. I mean, but they haven't built, they there. haven't built anything up there yet. We yeah, have yet they, to platted, they were platted long ago. That's correct. And yet they don't, I don't think there's house one up there yet, but there's about I mean, to be. As, as land is becoming not readily available, we're seeing more and more other parcels that weren't really desirable for development of a single family home in the past because of numerous constraints on the property, whether it was smaller in size, like a non-conforming use, or you know, had some serious grades. Um, you know, we're seeing development on, on parcels that you know, we never have before in the past. So um, well, that, that gets back to Troy's request yep. an overlay map. Yeah, definitely. Totally. Yep. Andy? When, uh, like in that, con again, that going back to that context, like Troy was just mentioning, when we talk about development on a 35 or as was mentioned, a 160, like in the context of a land preservation subdivision, you know, are we talking about that style of development on those, on lots of those acreages? And I think it's, you know, always important to kind of note that traditionally all the LPSs that have occurred are high end residential, you know, and is that a tool that can be used to encourage maybe some more attainable housing um, while still incorporating the goals and objectives that an LPS creates. Yeah, um, I don't have that answer, but it is a good point. Um, you know, I think it really just comes down to, you know, what types of tools or mechanisms we can be thinking about to implement those kind of things or provide those incentives for um, housing. But, you know, as you know, I guess the challenge is, is the, you know, the dollar amount and how much land is here. That's the true problem. Um, so what's that? Oh, I'm sorry. In terms of incentive, is there any incentives that we could make that would encourage actually lot, lot consolidations of 35s? Hmm. Would you be violating a state law though? No, no, not. no. Lot consolidations, not subdivisions. Oh, okay. Yeah. In like, other words, so you're taking a several 35s and turning it yeah, into taking, a large lot. Taking four 35s and rolling them together to 140. Exactly. I mean, I mean that's almost I like a, um, you know, like almost like a TDR program, um, which really never amounted to anything. And th there are things that you can do. Um, I just don't have all those answers right now. But I think these are all really good comments that we just need to be thinking about. Um, so I think that's great. Um, Brian. Uh, in answer to that question about consolidating properties, there are some people that are coming into the community with money that have attempted to do that, uh, get a little frustrated by the paperwork in dealing with the conservation easement. And so if you're looking at tools 
if these people are there and available and willing to come forth, you know, where you now go from 80 acres to 160 acres. So that's, no, that's yeah. those kind of incentives are exactly what I was what I was suggesting was yeah. finding ways to streamline a process for creating larger parcels, not just from one acres to five acres, but from 35 acres to a thousand acres. And, and my answer to that one, just from my observation this past year or two is the process needs to be streamlined and user friendly when the person comes in applying for the conservation easement. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I know of two um, property owners who own large parcels that, I mean, they actively are always putting their land into conservation easements in one form or the other. Um, obviously they have the money to do it, to have that land they, they want to conserve. They're in that, you know, that's something that's important to them. Um, and if we can incentivize those kinds of programs, um, you know, that, that would maybe alleviate some of those, um, you know, potentials that could be subdivided off into further residential development. But when the day is all been done with, that's really a sub-issue of the master plan. Um, yes and no. Um, I mean, I, I do think it needs to be addressed. I mean, if you look throughout, I, I, today when I was putting together the the presentation and, you know, you, you look at the master plan and then every time you open it, I find I'm always like, huh, or I'm interpreting something differently, you know, or, or what have you. Right. Um, but there are numerous, I was surprised how many um, policies are already in the plan discouraging 35 acre development that um, I don't know if we've really um, have done a good job of, uh, Frankly, I don't know what we can do because, um, you know, if you come in, Steve, with your, you know, 35 or your, you know, 70 acres and you want to, you know, do meets and bounds, there's really nothing that we can do to prevent you. Right. No, right. but you might be able to incentivize the opposite behavior. Exactly. Well, but, then, but, and again, maybe I wasn't clear. I think Brian's comments about the hurdles that one has to go through to get the land into the trust is maybe needs to be simplified for lack of a better term. Yeah. My point was the actual process isn't a part of the, of the master plan. Encouraging it, yes, but the actual process, no. Yeah, right. but that's where, that's where action items towards subdivision regulations come there in. You go. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Yep, yep. So. All right. Christy, I think you've got your marching orders. All right. That's or direction. Fabulous. I will keep you all posted on that. Um, and then our next meeting, as I said, which is March 4th, um, we have an oil and gas application scheduled, um, which... Um, we don't have anything else scheduled um, purposely, um, as I'm sure, um, you know, that we want a lot of focus on that application. Um, it's pretty robust already. I was reviewing the staff report, excuse me, tonight, uh, earlier today, and um, it's, it's just some light reading for you all. <laughs>
just to prepare you. I mean, there's, there's a lot of attachments. Um, some of you who haven't been part of that process, if you do have any, um, you know, informal questions about process or just understanding some of the language, I mean, we're going to do our best to provide that background um, for you and what the goals are. Um, but if you have any specific questions, you know, about the process um, or things that you don't understand, don't hesitate to reach out to me or to um, Chris Berkshire, um, who is the project manager and our oil and gas guru. So she will be presenting that application to you. Um, other than that, um, I don't have anything else scheduled beyond that at this point. Um, it's just, um, we do have some consolidations actually that will go on your consent agenda. Um, I don't, Sarah, do we have one for the fourth or is it after that? I think it's after. Uh, uh, the first, the first lot consolidation is, that I've got anyway going on is this, is the 18th and it's a consent agenda item. It's the 18th. Okay. So we, we do have a couple of those in the pipe actually, um, that we are, um, either finalizing and completing um, and they are either scheduled or will be scheduled. A lot of those will be on your consent agendas. Um, and then we do have a lot of other projects that either just got submitted um, and we're still trying to just put them in order, um, reviewing them for completeness so we can move forward and schedule them. Um, some, some big projects too, um, We'll, we'll see where they amount to um, and if they actually get scheduled. But uh, there's a lot of interest going on in all, all sorts of areas in the county and all for, for different projects as well. Um, some subdivisions um, and some other use type permits. So um, we got our hands full for sure. Um, and you, you may wish to spend a fair amount of time on your staffing issues. Yeah, so um, as of right now, um, while, while, Tegan, while Tegan is on maternity leave, um, we, are, um, we got approved to move forward to hire a planner tech um, who is going to assist us. I think I've mentioned this numerous times to you all. Um, however, there was, you know, obviously we had to review the pay scale and get that approved. And, you know, so there was a lot of bureaucracy that was involved with that, um, but we got the approvals and now I'm just waiting on HR to um, be able to put the announcement out. So we're excited um, to get somebody on board there um, as well as to help us out in the short term. Um, we are enlisting a consultant to help with um, our building permit review. A lot of the work that Tegan does while she is on a maternity leave through SafeBuilt um, and, um, they could help assist in other areas too, but that's one of the primary goals is to assist us with, um, our building permit review. And that would be a temporary position on call as needed basis. So that actually goes to the commissioners next week, um, for approval. Um, the building department currently enlists safe built, um, to review their, um, to, to assist with their reviews. Um, so it was a matter of amending that contract to include planning services. So it's just to basically um, provide us support over the next uh, three months. Um, and then with that, um, for those of you that didn't hear um, earlier in the call, uh, Ronnie um, is going to be retiring. Um, so we'll add that to the list, although I'm very happy with her. I am also happy that she is giving me ample notice 
Um, so it looks like her last day would be May 1st. Um, so she's not leaving us, you know, that soon, but at least gives us time to prepare um, to bring on another admin. And during this time, Sarah's just been wonderful, um, stepping up and, you know, really helping us, you know, where she can, a lot of support um, through research and taking on some of our consolidations um, and assisting me with the master plan update. So that's been great. So we're happy that we have that resource. Um, Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Yep, Sarah's awesome. Um, so, <laughs> you know, she, she has nothing better to do, I guess, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> than to get emails from me all day long. Um, so yeah, so between myself, um, Alan and Chris, we definitely have our hands full. Um, proud to say we are maintaining our, our service levels um, as we always do. Um, and we're, we can't wait to just get some support um, because in addition to that, as you know, um, we were discussing earlier, we're moving into, and you're all aware, into the new permit software that will coincide with changing our review processes for the better. Um, and it will make us way more efficient in the end, but it's also gonna be a learning curve. And we were expecting that we were gonna have this finalized sooner than now, um, which the timing is just so poor on our part. Um, but at the same time, um, it's better than this happening during our real busy season yeah, over the summer. Yeah, I know, exactly. Um, so yeah, we have a lot going on, um, but uh, we're, we keep going at it. <laughs> so um, with that, um, I will leave you all, unless you have any questions for me. I think uh, we're probably anxious to adjourn. <laughs> Come on, two yeah, hours? That wasn't bad. <laughs> no, it really wasn't, no, that's good. <laughs> If anybody has any, really... you know, if you want to reach out to me on the side, if you have any um, comments or questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Perfect. Great. Sarah, do you get upset? Do we really have to have a motion to adjourn or do you care? I, I have never paid any attention whatsoever to motions to adjourn. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I think we're adjourned. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. What is it? Uh, what, did, what did you need from me? I'm going to stop the recording, um, Sarah. Okay. <coughs>